This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu. Welcome to Falvey Library. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Joe Lucia, University Librarian here at Villanova, and it's a pleasure to host this event today, which is a celebration of a project that's been, um, the completion of a project that's been going on uh, here in the library for a number of years. Uh, um, and it really is a, a project that reflects uh, a much broader enterprise in this library to, uh, to create new content that reflects the university's mission, heritage, and ongoing intellectual life in, in the digital world. And so um, working with a partner organization and with um, the good energy of uh, many members of the staff, we have completed the digitization of the Villanovan from um, its first issue to um, spring of 95, and then subsequent to that, there's digital formats available um, through the current publication channels, right? So I believe it's a comprehensively digital uh, university newspaper now, which is um, uh, a real accomplishment. And it also is a contribution uh, in many ways to the accessibility of the university's history and to um, a, a, w a window into um, the place of Villanova just generally in um, both the Philadelphia region and the, the broader society and culture of since 1893 to the present. So it's a, it's a great accomplishment. Um, I am enormously proud uh, of the staff who've worked on this. And I, I just want to, you know, I, I, I feel like I just did this last Friday when we had the Learning Commons dedication upstairs. I thank people. But I need to thank people again because a lot of good work went into this. And so Michael Foyt as team leader for um, digital library projects, um, Sue Adenyan, who did a lot of work just in general on um, the, the ongoing indexing and data cleanup for this project, Stephen Spatz, who works uh, on digital projects, on metadata and re related matters, technology. David Burke is here. He's worked on this project. Um, Joanne Quinn I need to thank specifically because um, she's really, uh, you know, one of the um, the, the great talents of the library for the way that she always makes us look so good because she's a wonderful designer and um, she des designs our programs, our posters, she does our exhibits and she put together the really nice collateral for this uh, event, the kind of this, uh, the celebratory materials, um, you know, found an image from an early Villanovan that um, we actually printed on the cake. So thank you, Joanne. Um, thank you to the technology guys on the digital library team who um, continue to build out uh, our really amazing open source software that is making a difference for libraries all over, not just here at Villanova. Um, and, you know, I, I should have written everybody's name down. Laura as well, Laura Bang from the digital library team, again, who's worked on this. So thank you all. And if I didn't mention you, I apologize. I'll get up and mention you at the end if you tell me I left you out. Thank, thank you for your work, and I'm going to turn this over now um, to Father Peter Donahue to say a few words to us. Thank you, Joe. 
Well, thank you for being here, um, and thank you to all you people for all of the work. The panel, unfortunately, I can't stay for, but you're going to have a very challenging time <laughs> keeping uh, your, the attention on you instead of on Luke. Uh, <laughs> I had nothing against Joe, but the entire time he was talking, I was watching Luke. Uh, so I'm sure you're all doing the same thing to me. Uh, I think this is a wonderful project. Uh, we encourage our students so much to express their thoughts and to express who they are and what they're about. And the Villanovan for many, many years has given that vehicle to our students to really express the concerns that are important to them. Um, I read it every week um, <laughs> from cover to cover uh, to discover what it is that is on the minds of students. And uh, sometimes they're very challenging ideas and uh, they really ask me to kind of look at things in new and different ways and uh, they provoke dialogue uh, which is a very important thing as well. And it's always interesting to hear the voice of the students, you know, from important issues that might be facing the community or the world uh, to simply what they want for Halloween or what they think they, <laughs> they should have for Halloween. Uh, so to have this history of the university from 1893, 1893 up to the present time, or it will eventually be to the present time, um, really it helps us to look at a history not only of the university but also the voice of the student body mm -hmm. uh, because that's an important voice for us to hear. All of us who are in the administration, the faculty, staff, all, our work is dedicated um, to challenging the students and helping them to educate, help to educate them and um, in many, many ways they help to educate us. And so the Villanovan has always been a source of um, inspiration and challenge and thought-provoking information that has helped the university. When Father Driscoll passed away, um, I found a file in the office, actually, of all the Villanova articles. They were clip-out articles about him or um, controversies that were centered around him. I did not start doing that. Um, and uh, I'm glad I didn't, uh, actually. But uh, now we have it, so uh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So you can all go look it up. But it was very interesting to look through some of those articles and some of the issues that were facing him back in the 70s and 80s are issues that are still facing us today. Um, over and over and over again, we, repeat, we have a tendency to repeat ourselves and still look at important issues. Um, uh, sometimes the press loved him, sometimes the press hated him, and I know exactly how they feel. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, but in, in a very real sense and in a serious sense, even to, uh, this week's issues, today's issue, um, the lead article really asks us to enter into a dialogue about who we are and what we are about and what we stand for and the principles that we stand for and who we are as a university and who we are as an educational institution and who we are as men and women in this world who must meet the challenges that are set before us. So um, I congratulate all of you on the team that put this together. I congratulate the, very, the many Villanovan editors who are here today, um, both present and past, and uh, for the voice that you give to the students and uh, the way you challenge all of us at Villanova to really live, to be good Villanovans. So I'm sorry I have to run. I would have loved the cake, but <laughs> the mint cook, the, the York peppermint patties were delicious. So thank you all very much and enjoy the afternoon.
Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm Stephen Spatz, Assistant Outreach Librarian, and I'd like to uh, carry us through the remainder of our program. We're going to hear from uh, many creators of content at the Villanovan, both past and present, as well as uh, members of our digital library team who have uh, been instrumental in putting this whole resource together. Uh, first, we're going to hear from a few members of the digital library team about different aspects of the project, and then we will, uh, after a short break uh, for refreshments, follow through with a panel discussion, uh, of including uh, featuring some of the uh, creators of content from pa the past and the present. And uh, to begin with, I'd like to introduce to you uh, the digital library team leader, uh, who will tell us, who give us an overview of our project and uh, of the collection in the, in the digital library, uh, Michael Foyt. Thank you, Stephen. Um, welcome, everyone. I'd like to give thanks, like Joe did, to quite a number of individuals that contributed to this um, enterprise. First of all, I'd like to thank the Villanova administration for continuing to see the value in preserving and making accessible the documents and heritage of the university. And sometimes it can be very, very difficult to manage and communicate the message of integrity under the critical eye of the fourth estate. So thank you for your continued support to open journalism and for creating a climate that fosters dialogue and for allowing us to come together in circumstances and surroundings um, that allow us to have food and drink to, to eat and um, to enjoy. Uh, I'd also like to thank um, the individuals who were responsible for organizing this particular event um, and bringing the food and beverages to us and the graphics to Jeff, to Regina McFadden, Joanne Quinn, and as a former editor of the Villanovan, um, Joanne has served as a constant well of energy and enthusiasm for this event, and to David Burke. Um, the custodial staff was here uh, cleaning right before, so thank you to Tony and Dean and to Joshua for taping this event for posterity. <laughs> to Laura Bang of Digital Library for creating the mini exhibit um, that's um, highlighting the Villanovan as you enter. Um, to the Digital Library support staff, David Lacey, Damian Katz, and David Uspol for creating the software that helps to make searching and the display of all of the images from the Villanovan available. Um, to the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation for providing a subsidy for the digitization effort through Lyricis, which is the nation's largest regional nonprofit um, organization serving libraries. It is a cast of thousands. To Kathleen Liu, the digital library intern who, intern who started the painstaking work of dividing the individual issues one page at a time for all 1,713 issues. To Damien Cass, who integrated Kathleen's files into the library catalog and facilitated full text searching through the library catalog. Thank you. To Susan Adignan, who continued Kathleen's work and who provided the metadata in the form of subjects and names for each and every one of the 1,730 issues. And to Stephen Spatz, of course, for being MC for this event. And probably most of all to Joe Lucia, whose vision and commitment to creating sustainable digital collections for the broadest public reader set this project in motion. And for his transformative vision in seeing the library as a place of communities and conversations. There are 1,713 issues of the Villanovan and the Villanovan Monthly, and um, the digitized content ranges from 1893 to 1995, and it 
provides a view of transformation of the university, first from a college and then to a university. The incorporation of women into campus life and the creation of new programs and academic departments and services to the community are also highlighted if you read the entire history of the, the Villanovan. The Villanovan ranged in size from over 100 pages to down to just three pages during some of the, uh, some of the times when paper rationing may have been, uh, may have been invoked, involved. Um, the Villanovan also fluctuated in extent, scope, and content. Um, much more in the early years, the Villanovan was a literary magazine with poetry, short stories, cartoons, songs, um, athletic coverage, alumni, updates, campus news, and today those sources of information can be found in other periodicals like Concept um, or the Villanova Alumni Magazine. Even for a few years, the Villanovan functioned as the student yearbook um, before the Bel Air was created in 1922. Um, there's a souvenir letterpress of the very first edition very first issue uh, that uh, everyone can take. They're suitable for framing. Um, so if everyone would like a copy for that, for their offices, and also postcards as well, too. So please help yourself back on the publications table. So the very first article in the very first issue of the Villanovan is not a news article, but rather it's a poem, alma mater, V-I-L-L-A-N-O-V-A, by Joseph Hyson, class of 1917. So let me talk very quickly about the genesis of this program. Initially, the, uh, the Villanovan was only partially microfilmed. Microfilming is generally considered by um, library professionals as a preservation media to make sure that that material will pr be preserved and go be available for future users. Um, the entire run, those years that were not microfilmed, were sent out for microfilming at OCLC Preservation Services. And um, all of the issues were examined, missing copies were found, and the best copies were sent. So we had the entire range of the Villanova from its earliest years available for microfilm. We had digitized the OWL in-house using our own uh, internal uh, scanning program um, as a um, preservation scan. And the Owl was the engineering uh, journal from 1925 to 1933. And you can see some of the images that are based there. So when we decided in 2007 to go forward with digitization of the Villanovan, which was a large project, we had to make a decision whether we would scan from the microfilm or scan the materials internally. And we had a paper copy. We had those newly completed preservation copy microfilms. Some of those years had been indexed. Um, so we had a difficult decision. At this point, um, there actually was a new um, Alfred P. Sloan uh, grant that was available through Lyricis uh, to s provide a subsidy for microfilm scanning and for scanning through that venue. So they were not actually going to scan microfilm, excuse me, uh, print newspapers at that time. Um, so we decided um, to actually become involved with that program and to commit to doing the Villanovan through a microfilm digitization. And we were one of just a few institutions. We were the only initial one of the Lyricist Project that used a microfilm title. Um, and we scanned the Villanova Monthly, and that was done from 1893 to 1897. And that's what the first Villanova Monthly looks like. 
Um, the next set was chosen, um, and we chose as a cutoff uh, 1995, where content uh, for the Villanovan was actually available in a subscription database uh, in uh, limited format through LexisNexis. Um, we started scanning in 2008, and immediately there were some pretty substantial difficulties. The Villanova Monthly was, again, the only object that had been piloted in the micro project, but it was a, a smaller format um, newspaper without multi-columns, at least not as many multi-columns as the Villanovan was. And so due to the OCR, optical character recognition of the Villanovan, um, and the creation of derivative PDF files, which were very, very large, it was um, encountered numerous um, difficulties in scanning, and it wasn't until 2009 that it was finally completed. Those um, original resources were very large, and Damien's going to talk about the massive effort undertaken to split those very large scan files into smaller pieces. We've just finished incorporating all of those into our local holdings, available through the digital library in 2011, and we're making it available today to the community. One can go through the digital library software and browse the individual issues, starting at our Villanova digital collection and drilling down into the, uh, some of the other uh, periodicals that we have digitized, and there's the Villanovan. And here we can <laughs> see all of the various different issues, starting at the top, the collection year by year. And this is 1893, and when we click on an individual issue, we'll come up with uh, two tabs on our actual collection. The Docs tab will provide a link to the individual files, and then there's a Details tab, which includes the actual metadata description and any notes related to this. This material is all entered by hand, and for some of the later years, you can clearly see quite a number of subjects are added um, that are pertinent to that particular issue, and it can be quite time-consuming. And here's one of the issues through um, through the Adobe Acrobat PDF file. Now there are two ways to actually search the content besides browsing. Uh, the one is to rely on the metadata, that detail uh, tab information. The other is to actually do a full text search. And I'll show you a few of the different options here. Through the library catalog search tab, we can do a search for books and more for um, a subject we might be looking for. And um, we type the Villanova in the title of the periodical, and Bacardi. I don't know if many people know, but the College actually uh, uh, competed in what was known as the Bacardi Bowl in Havana, Cuba against Auburn in the 1920s. Uh, and uh, so we've actually had people that were researching that, that we were able to use this uh, digitized format to find more information. So when I do a search for Villanova and Bacardi in the catalog, I'm just searching that details tab. And there, of course, are no articles uh, specifically just on that. But when I click the search within the digital library, I'm going to search the full text at that point, and I'm going to get 10 citations from the full text here. And by clicking on one of those links and going into the PDF, I can see the issue. Uh, and here's the copy of the, the article. We can use the PDF inherent search function to type in Bacardi, and we'll find three citations just in this one particular issue. And of course, here we go, the Havana entanglement, entanglement as seen in the spirit of good, clean fun through the eyes of Villanova's playwright. If we know a particular name, we can put in a particular person's name and the title and do a search. 
and rely upon their name being put into the details tab and we will get our citations. So for example, we did Father Peter and the Villanovan and we found six citations. When we click that full text tab search, this increases to 120. And of course, we're getting some false hits here where we have other Donahue's other than Peter and other OSAs that are appearing. But we do get much more content that way. An example of one of those is Peter Donahue as the sheriff and John Drink as the mayor who are outstanding in essentially comic roles in a play when Father Peter was a student here. And here's a picture of Father Peter um, in the Three Penny Opera. So some of the observations, um, the, the, the digitized Villanovan increases the opportunity to observe growth and change in the institution through the prism of student journalism. It increases access to one of the primary sources of institutional memory and shows what makes Villanova University ever ancient and ever new and increases the ties of the community by showing the living legacy of student poems, stories, and news throughout time. Now, just like any newspaper, you have to get some advertisements to pay for your, uh, for your edification. The software, the search software, is made um, possible through ViewFind, which is an open source software which is run through Villanova, which is international in scope headquartered in the library. Um, the chief programmer is Damien Katz sitting right here. The content that allows us to view the individual digital content is ViewDL, uh, also another open source project run out of Villanova, content management system, whose chief programmer is David Lacey. Our current online digital exhibit, Chaos in the Streets, the Philadelphia Riots of 1844, chronicles how Villanova University was actually founded using digitized images from our collections. We're continuing to scan through Lyricist, other materials. We're currently going through Acta Sanctorum, The Lives of the Saints in folio size in Latin and Word, volume 33 right now, I believe, making it available to the universe of uh, scholarly inquiry. And coming soon to this very spot on March 22nd at 1 o'clock, we have an Irish music celebration. We have been busy digitizing music files of the Philadelphia Cayley Group and we will be presenting that here in a forum um, with Irish musicians as well. So I invite you all to come back and to enjoy that event as well. At this point, um, Stephen's going to introduce Damien. Well, Damien, you can come on up if you like. And Damien's going to talk about um, the actual process of going through the Villanova. Next, we'll hear from Damien Katz, uh, library technology staff and uh, chief architect of of this collection. Hello. Just get my presentation up. So I, I had the good fortune of being involved in uh, getting all of this content online, though I'm just one of many gears in the, the vast machine of the library. So, although my presentation is called Villanovan Print to Digital, as Michael mentioned, uh, as far as I got involved, it wasn't really dealing with print because we already had the Villanovan on microfilm. And I'm sure many of you have, have used microfilm, perhaps some of you have not, but uh, you know, it's a, an older technology with advantages and disadvantages. The advantage, of course, is it lasts longer than fragile newsprint. It's small and portable. 
Uh, the disadvantage is if you actually want to read it, you have to sit down in front of a big machine, thread the stuff into it, and then get motion sickness as you scroll past <laughs> page after page. So fortunately, through our partnership with the Internet Archive, we were able to send away our microfilm, and through this magical technology, uh, they scanned it all into big PDF files. And they mounted it on their website. So this was an exciting first step because fairly early in the process, the Villanovan was online. People could get to it. But it's never that simple in technology. So first of all, the Internet Archive is a, a wonderful program. There's all kinds of amazing stuff in there. And if you haven't been to the Internet Archive at archive.org, I encourage you to go search around. They preserve all kinds of digital objects that are in the public domain. You can watch movies, you can find music performances, there are all kinds of out-of-print books and things. Um, but for all the wonderful things about the Internet Archive, its online interface is not one of the highlights. It's kind of awkward to navigate through. And even worse, uh, in the case of the Villanovan, well, here's our problem. The way that they digitized the microfilm is each reel had several years' worth of issues on it. They just scanned an entire reel, saved it to a file, and stuck it on their website. So if you wanted to actually look at that file, here, here I have downloading on a fast internet connection. It says nine minutes remaining before I can even look at the file. When I get to the file, it's so big that unless I have a really powerful computer, it's going to be slow and awkward and confusing. So at this point, we have digital files, but we can't use them. So there's a solution. I'm a programmer. I like to put code up on slides. Um, so I, I wrote some software that could take a really big PDF file and slice it into chunks, which is really great, except that that's the easy part, because somebody has to figure out what those chunks are supposed to be. And that is where you get an intern. So. <laughs> Many thanks to Kathleen Liu, who took my software, looked at every single page of every single reel of the Villanovan, and wrote down the page numbers for the start and end of every issue, and also made notes of a few cases where pages were missing or duplicated so that we could scan them from our paper copies and fix problems. So after months of work, we had all of our PDF files sliced into usable chunks. So step two, we put them into our digital library system, which Michael showed you, so that you can actually go to a particular issue in a particular year, download it in less than nine minutes, and <laughs> read it in a format that won't crash your computer. And there's a lot more work that I, I think you'll hear more about uh, after me with, as far as actually cataloging all of these, you know, the subject headings that Michael showed you. It wasn't just Kathleen who looked at a lot of issues of the Villanova to, to figure out what to do with them. But this was another major milestone. We now have the issues in our system in a usable format. So what next? Well, we want to be able to search them. And as Michael mentioned, uh, I work on search software called ViewFind, which the library uses for its catalog, and a lot of people around the world use for other purposes. And this has primarily been used for finding library catalog records. You know, you want to know where the book is on the shelf, you look it up. 
But one of the things I really wanted to try and viewfind was searching within full text of full documents, which is a slightly more challenging task. And so uh, the Villanovan provided a great opportunity to extend viewfind to be able to search within the text of documents in addition to just the cataloging. So with the help of a few different pieces of software, I was able to pull all of the text content out of the PDF files, put it into viewfind associated with the records, and so you can do a full text search, and it tells you which issues have that text in them. So here we show, you do a search for Wildcats win. That's a, a popular subject in the Villanovan, I'm sure. But there are always problems with technology. And so one of the problems was I put all of this stuff into the library catalog. I thought, great, we have more content to search through. This will make people happy. More is better. But then I discovered that no matter what you searched for, you found <laughs> issues of the Villanovan. And sometimes those issues of the Villanovan weren't really that relevant to what you were searching for because any given issue has a lot of words in it. And so the words that you're searching for may appear on vastly different pages of the issue and it really just served to confuse people. So here somebody is searching for the history of cream cheese <laughs> and they find one book and 13 issues of the Villanovan. <laughs> so there was a lot of discussion about this and you know, feelings were maybe a, a little stretched, but uh, we came to a compromise that everyone was happy with, which is we put a little checkbox in and, and Michael already showed this to you. So now if you search within the digital library specifically, you'll search within the full text and you'll get a lot of stuff. But if you're searching in the library catalog because you want to find a book on the shelf, it's not going to give you those full text results unless you ask for them by checking that little box. So we can do what we want now. We're not upsetting people. So there's never an end to these, these sorts of projects. That's how far we've gotten and I, I'm very proud of what we've done and, and my part in it, but there's still more to do. First of all, I've just been talking about PDF files. And PDF files are really great when you want to actually read something and use it, but they're not considered preservation level documents. The images are somewhat compressed, the quality isn't perfect. If you really wanted to reproduce the original document, you wouldn't use a PDF. And when the Internet Archive did their original scanning, before they created the PDFs, they also created files called JPEG 2000 files, which are of a much higher quality and more preservation level. Um, from, from the average person's perspective, this isn't that important, but since we're looking to preserve this data indefinitely into the future, we would like to extract those preservation level scans from the Internet Archive and add them to our system so that we have them if we need them for whatever purpose in the future. Uh, we also want to make it a little easier to limit to searching through the Villanovan. Uh, fortunately, since the word Villanovan is pretty distinctive, as Michael showed you, if you, if you want to search the Villanovan, you just put the word Villanovan on the front of your search query and you can find it. But it might be nice to also just have a box that says search the Villanovan and only search the Villanovan. Uh, and finally, and I don't know what those little boxes are, uh, <laughs> it would be nice to have access to the exact pages where your search query comes up. So right now you do a search, it tells you what issue those words are in. It would be nice if it told you what page of the issue so you knew where to go. Though again, as Michael showed you, once you open it up, you can search using the search within the PDF viewer. So you can still get there directly, but we'd like to make it a little fancier. So 
the, the to-do list is never-ending, and, and hopefully there will be continuous improvement over the coming years. Uh, if there are any questions, I would be happy to answer them. Uh, and you can also email me. That should be an at sign. Uh, Damien.katz at Villanova.edu. Uh, I have a question. Sure. Is all this uh, accessible through the Villanova.edu site, or is there a separate address, web address for this? Uh, you can go to digital.library.villanova.edu to get directly there, but there are paths to it from other places within the Villanova website. Okay. All right. So it's come up in a Google search. Yes, that's true. Search Villanova. It's crawled off our site, so it'll come up right there. Oh, okay. Great. I guess uh, Stephen can introduce the next phase. <laughs> Thank you, Damien. Uh, uh, next, we're going to uh, hear briefly the story of providing subject access to all of these uh, issues of the Villanovan. And uh, the person who was instrumental in, in accomplishing this was. Uh, a librarian here, Sue Adignan. Uh, it says on her, on her title, uh, Tackling Metadata and Carpal Tunnel from 1,713 Issues. Here she is. Yeah, yeah I didn't know. <laughs> this will be brief, and it's more of a personal side to our project. Um, I was given the task by Michael to take these PDFs that we have of the Villanovan uh, that were on a lovely uh, laptop and uh, just put them in this new software that we have and, and add subject headings to them. First, I have to thank uh, a former librarian who's retired, Ruth Lewis, who had formally um, indexed, when I came here in 92, she started indexing the Villanovan with official Library of Congress subject headings until her retirement in 2006, and we make that available from our homepage. Um, I'll just... I we're not live, but no. I just wanna. I just wanna close it. I don't need Damien. <laughs> Unless I had one. Um, she. So we do have her indexing capability uh, answers to, from 1992, which is overlapping what we have to 2006 for issues that will be available eventually. Um, but. I ha had uh, 1,713 issues after discovering a couple of issues that were tucked away that Catherine had cut into individually discovered, especially in 1942 when the university, at that time the college, was celebrating 100 years, uh, centennial year, and they had a special issue. So that was a find in itself, and I was so pleased um, that I had to run to Michael and tell him. But it took about eight months of creating a file for each issue, filling in the data that was the date of it, uh, the publisher, the subject that we gave uh, for each one was um, Villanova University periodicals, I believe. And then I would go through, originally I was just going through the front page and finding key terms, and then I realized, you know, we had to make some terms, Villanova University College Presidents, and then name the presidents, uh, as well as other terms like the buildings. And I think I went through today, and I have 22 pages of frequently used subject headings for what I went through. So each file was about a four or five step process uh, that I had to open up um, a new file. I had to type in the data. I had to to create the subject headings and then upload the uh, actual PDF. 
Hence, I will not blame the college. <laughs> uh, sometime in September, I discovered I was getting rather sore and I didn't realize I had carpal tunnel. <laughs> um, it was a wonderful tour of the university. Uh, it was greater appreciation. I had gotten my master's here in 98 in history and it, it just made uh, the university come alive where uh, you would see, as, as Michael and both father had spoken about, that you saw the social side of the university early on with a lot of fraternities. You saw um, where the um, bands that they were having for what they call Junior Week and their spring dances, which included Tommy Dorsey, who cannot, I mean, I'm, I'm born way after Tommy Dorsey, but I know him. And that later on in the 60s, we had, uh, or, uh, we had the Leopold Stukowski American Symphony Orchestra leading on with opera singers. And then um, this is all I gathered through. We had notable people like Martin Luther King in January of 1965. We spoke at a forum. We had Bob Hope fighting for the return of football, I believe, in 1981. Uh, many special awards, uh, uh, men, many Nobel Prize winners coming to the university to speak, one, of being, one being uh, Linus Pauling, who had won the Chemistry Award in 54 and the Peace Award in 62. We also had uh, Dick Gregory come in 88 and uh, later Julian Bond. Um, the, the, as, as we know, uh, the Villanovan covered all of the school happenings along with the new buildings, uh, dedications of buildings, and as well as, especially in the 70s and 80s, you see a lot of the University Senate uh, discussion of faculty and uh, the, the AAUP, their, their group, of the university as well as the sports, which I, that's a whole story in itself if I were to concentrate on that. But um, it was a wonderful tour of each, of each issue. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, it is something that uh, the university and the library should be very proud of to make available because we've had reference questions. I'm a reference librarian, research support. Last year asking how were the students during Vietnam War, which they were looking in the 60s, early 70s. And we would say, uh, well, we could take you to the papers, we think. We now know we have specific issues that we saw them uh, uh, protesting against Dow Chemical when they came for a career uh, fair. We call it career fair now, but they had a career day. Uh, how the university reacted to that. We've had several, there were several uh, articles about a certain priest who I cannot remember his name, who protested uh, the, the war in itself. Um, so we are making it available and I can't wait till the next reference question for Vietnam War comes through because I'll be able to say here. <laughs> um, I hope you do take time and, and at least browse uh, through it. It is a wonderful experience. Thank you, Sue. <clears throat> uh, we're going to move uh, from the technical and uh, uh, nuts and bolts of building this collection into uh, discussing content, the actual content of the Villanovan and creation of this resource from the ground up. And uh, we will hear from, uh, right now, a current co-editor-in-chief of the Villanovan, uh, Kendra Davis, if you'd like to come up. Um, after this, we'll take a, a, a quick break um, and allow everyone some, a chance to uh, avail themselves of the refreshments, and then we'll come back and have a panel discussion 
uh, with our distinguished visitors, uh, past editors and creators of content of the Villanova. And Kendra, please. Put this down. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Right. Um, I'm short, so <laughs> I'm this down a little bit. Um, first of all, I want to say I was talking to my mom last night, and um, she was so excited that I was doing this because she's actually a consortium librarian um, <laughs> in Rhode Island, and so I have appreciation for uh, the world of the behind the scenes of any library um, that I don't think many kids my age have. Um, so she's really happy <laughs> that you guys did this, and I am too. It's an amazing uh, project. I've already used it for two assignments in the classroom, completely unrelated to the villain, me being an editor of the Villanovan. Um, but on that note, so I used to like coffee a lot, um, <laughs> and now I don't like it so much anymore as I get more invested in scholastic journalism because it's kind of like a natural high every day. I only filled up my cup halfway full today when I normally fill it all the way to the room. Um, and the reason for that is because you can make a story out of everything. I always hear people passing by on campus saying like, oh, there's nothing going on on campus. But really, you can make a story out of everything as long as you know the right way to tell it and the right people to talk to. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is write an article. And you're finishing those final sentences. And you really feel a sense of pride um, doing a lot of research and talking to really interesting sources. But now, being an editor, um, I kind of have a new set of challenges. So basically, um, what we do now is there's about 20 of us who are actually editors in the office, which is um, across the way in 201 Dougherty. Um, and we get together on Sunday nights for what we call budget meeting, which is um, figuring out how many pages each section wants that week based on the amount of articles they have, uh, word count of those articles, what kind of photos or infographics they're hoping to um, accompany with those articles. Uh, so we'll do that, and our managing editor, um, Nick Gable, will tell them their ads for their week for their section, and that will help them budget the number of pages they need. Uh, so we do that for all five sections. We have sports, features, uh, opinion, arts and entertainment, and news. Um, and when that's finished, we kind of get in. Uh, we come in on Monday night kind of on your own time and start actually laying out the paper. Um, all articles are due Sunday at 5, but as our advisor, Jody Ross, knows, they don't always come in at 5. Um, sometimes they come in as late as Tuesday, which is when is our production night. <laughs> so, yes, this past Tuesday we woke her up. Sorry, Jody, again. Um, so the editors get into the office around 5 or 6, um, a few stragglers and a few people who come in early. And we're there until upwards of 4, 5, 6 a.m. every week. Um, but then again, we're only on our fifth issue, so we're hoping that that time cuts <laughs> down uh, throughout the next academic year. Uh, and what I do as editor-in-chief, along with the other members of the editorial board, which is my co-editor-in-chief, Aileen Grogan, um, the associate manager, and the um, Oh, no, sorry, the managing editor and the associate editor. The four of us kind of like oversee the whole process. Uh, we actually sit out in the hallway a lot because it's just too chaotic inside. <laughs> I'm sure you guys all are familiar with this. Uh, the program we use to put the paper uh, together is InDesign CS3, and we use Photoshop to kind of um, make it look better. So uh, that's the process, and we have three rounds of reading. The first round is Jody. She's our advisor, so she gets the raw content. Uh, we hope that our, we have about 100 reporters between the five sections. Um, we don't actually see them. It's only once a year that 
everyone on the Villanovan actually gets together and uh, gets to put names to email addresses and faces. Um, but most of it is just via email. So Jody gets all the raw content and she sits down and goes through all of that, which takes quite some time. We're really appreciative of that. And then the second round goes to our copy desk chiefs. There's two of them. And then they have about 20, a team of 20 copy editors who help them. And once that is done, it goes to um, actually the page. And we print out a draft of the page, put a little one on the top, give it to the copy desk, and they read it again, put in those corrections, give it to the associate editor and the managing editor. They put in their corrections, and then they print it out a third time. And when I see that little three with the circle on the top, it's really exciting because that means we're that much closer to being done for the night. Um, and that goes to either my co-editor or myself, and we read through for the very, very detailed um, edits. And then we PDF the files, and we send them to Evergreen, which is um, in Philadelphia. And we have two distribution managers who, they send them to us at 6 in the morning on Thursday mornings. And we have two distribution managers um, who distribute 5,000, I want to say, about 5,000 copies all over campus between South, which is the freshman campus, this main campus, and West Campus over there. Um, we also have, now that we're online, um, which we've been on for about six or seven years, something like that, uh, we s actually have almost 9,000 online subscribers who get an online edition every week. Um, and the people in Co College Publisher, which is the website that hosts us, are thinking that we can get to 10,000 subscribers. So if you want to all go on the, <laughs> this is a shameless plug, you should go onto the website and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, in terms of moving ahead with technological advances, we are currently designing a mobile app uh, which is hope we hope to Tom and I and um, some of the editors hope to get that out by the end of this academic year um, and that will be great because everyone has smartphones on campus and we're one of the most wired campuses so we got to keep up with that tradition but this project is amazing what we do is nothing compared to this four-year endeavor and we really thank you um, I wish more of us could have been here but they have class yeah. so <laughs> but that's about it any questions We can eat now. Yes. <laughs> all right, thank you. Um, yeah, if we, we can all break just for a quick, uh, a quick break. Cake break. Uh, five or ten minutes, we'll come back and meet our panelists and and uh, hear and discuss some more about uh, this experience of, of creating the Villanovan. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu.